Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you'll receive early access to Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, and Bizarre Encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Inquiries of Our Reality, Big Dumb Inquiries, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media, or feel free to email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Increase of Our Reality Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you, and I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the 74th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Stay with me. Is this one is going to be a very special episode. Today I have Brian Sinecki. He is uh, one of my very first listeners, one of the first to reach out and contact me. So he'll always kind of hold that, uh, that special place with me. 
And today, I want to have him on the show because he's an avid outdoorsman and he's had some very interesting experiences himself. So, welcome to the show, man. How's it going today? Pretty good, man. Thanks for the introduction. How are you doing? Not too bad. It's a pleasure to have you on, man. Oh, yeah. Same here. Had a lot of uh, Facebook conversations and it's finally nice to get to meet, you know, screen to screen, you know, as close as you can really get person to person when it comes to podcasting. (laughs) 100%, man. 100%. And uh, recently, I think it was probably the episode before this, I got to uh, pop somebody else's podcast, Cherry. So it might be two in a row here that I also pop your podcast, Cherry. So here we go. (laughs) Without further ado, let's get into some of your experiences because I'm sure the listeners would love to hear them. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to actually do my uh, first um, first one's going to be our, my most recent experience. Um, hiking in the Interact Mountains in uh, this past August. Um, family trip. Seven of us go in the woods. We do about 50 miles of hiking. Just go in the backcountry for a week. Get out of Dodge and uh, get away from phones and computers and all this stuff and the world and uh, try to reconnect with nature. <clears throat> so uh, our first night in uh, we went to a, uh, it's called a lean-to, so it's uh, basically a uh, structure in the woods that the, the Department of Environmental Conservation um, builds so uh, hikers can camp in and um, stay there overnight or whatever, usually on liver- rivers and lakes and things. So um, we got to this place, it's, it's called lean-to, we get there the first night, um, camp out, get everything set up. My son goes fishing, there's a little river there, and... Um, go up in the woods and set up our bear bag, which is something you put your food in. It's up in the tree. So the bears can't get to it and critters and things in the middle of the night. So we got five days of food. So it's a pretty heavy sack. You throw a rope up in a tree branch and uh, cinch it up. So um, I get up in the woods. My father-in-law is with me and we put the sack on the rope. We heist it up into the tree. And um, within about a minute after we heisted it up, we're um, tying a knot off. So the rope doesn't fall. And there's uh, two big crashes up in the woods, um, probably 500 feet away from us. So like two big trees went down and um, there's no wind. There's no rain. Um, it's been dry for two weeks. So there's no reason for something just to fall over. So it's a little bit alarming. Um, my father and I kind of looked at each other. He's like, what the hell do you think that was? I'm like, well, I don't know what that was, but let's just head back to lean to for the night or whatever. And um, so we went back to lean to and a section of woods had a feeling of, um urgency and pressure like the whole time we were there there was no like fun time about it like i felt like on guard the whole time and the whole night we stayed was um, it like that bigfoot uh like predator kind of feeling or yeah. not even to get into like sasquatch or bigfoot necessarily yet but just that like like there's an apex predator in the woods like everything's quiet everything's silent everything just feels kind of off something um not not like we're being watched but something's off. The animals aren't moving. Um, the wind's not blowing. Like it's a, it's a feeling like something's about to go down. Um, and I spent, you know, hundreds of nights in the woods camping, um, tenting, you know, camping lean twos, camping under tarps, uh, cowboy camping, and I never had this uh, feeling before. So, um, kind of, I was kind of like on edge all night long. And about two in the morning, I woke up from a weird dream that I had that something was in front of this lean-to. The lean-tos are wide open on the front, three sides, and it's wide open to a fire pit, basically. And there was um, a small being there that was asking me if I was worried about them watching me from through the lean-tos we slept. 
What and, kind of um, being would you describe this as? Like, it what did it look like? Small, small white, like a foggy, um, almost like a humanoid, but like, like three foot tall and real small. Not like a, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to go down the alien rabbit hole, but like, just as it was almost like a, a small human, just pale skin, no clothes, um, like talking to me through my sleep. Um, and I, it was almost like they were there. And See, because I, I wanted to link it, because even if you say like it's kind of alien related, there's mm. a lot of people that have that connection with like they'll have, you know, bizarre wood experiences where they <clears> perceive it as Bigfoot or something squatchy. Sure. And there's something extraterrestrial around that may even kind of like take on that persona of that. Sure. So that it can get whatever it's trying to get, you know? Sure. It could be. I mean, I I don't uh, usually have weird, weird um, lucid dreams like that. But the night in the lean two was um, it was like it was. It was like I was awake and I was watching this figure almost kind of mind speak to me um, about watching us sleep. And it was it was kind of weird. Um, then I woke up and like there was nothing there at all. Um, fell back asleep. The next morning, my wife gets up and she's like, uh, I got up in the morning about 430 to go to the bathroom. And uh, she gets out of lean too, goes in the woods, does her business. And she said that something was out in the woods in the direction where those trees were screaming it sounded like a woman and i'm like well i don't we're the first day of five nights into this trip i'm like i don't want to set any alarms off i'm like oh it's probably you know rabbits or a coyote or you know an owl like it could be anything i mean um, yeah not, like not rabbits at it. least <clears throat> if they got scooped by like a bird for example um anybody yeah. that hasn't heard a rabbit scream it literally sounds like a child screaming it's like for one sure. of the worst animal screams you'll ever hear <laughs> for sure for sure um so I just kind of kept it in the back of my mind, um, you know, just kind of I didn't want to really like play it up or whatever. So I just, uh, you know, told her it was probably nothing or whatever. And I was like, why didn't you wake me up? And she's like, well, I just kind of wanted to get get back to bed and away from it and didn't really want to deal with it, you know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we got next morning. Everything was fine. We had breakfast, continued hiking down trail. We got probably probably four miles out of that area um, hiking and um all that feeling and pressure went away so i i definitely think there's some sort of an energy or something in that area did you, you end know. up staying there any of the other nights or was it just that one night um just one night so you do um so we're doing like say we're doing 50 or 60 miles of trail <clears throat> so every night you got you're gonna stay at one spot and then hike you know 12 15 miles to the next spot and you're staying at another lean to or camping spot so you're progressing down a map as you go Gotcha. So in that situation, this lean too that you guys were staying in that night, like how far of it, how far away was it from like road civilization, like anything like that? Was it uh, about a distance out? Eight miles in the woods. Yeah. Eight yep. miles. Yeah. So that's yep. deep enough yep. that there could be, you know, anything out there and, sure. you know, sure. it could easily move around and be around. Sure. And even sure. if it was a specific like area, mm. um, like have you been back to that location, for example, to know if it still kind of has that feeling or like that presence to it? Um, I have not. Uh, a friend of mine that has also done this trail that we hiked on um, said that he had this weird feeling in that area too when he's hiking through it. Um, he didn't stay. He didn't stay at that specific spot, but um, he said as he's going through the area, he noticed a lot of um, trees broken off. Like you know, I don't want to go down a bigfoot rabbit hole either, but I'm like, a lot of trees are broken off twelve foot in the air. I took a lot of pictures of them over the trail, and they're all broken off and pushed over the trail. The top halves of them. Or the uh, top halves of of the tree, they're all uh, spruce trees, are actually broken like twelve feet off the ground and inverted, and the top of the tree is stuffed into the bottom of the tree. 
there's a lot of <clears throat> Bigfoot, Sasquatch encounters in that area that you're mm-hmm. talking about. So, and especially weird things like that. People got to remember that there's not animals that we know of that have sure. the ability to do that. Because even if it was a stump, there were a tree that was pulled up and flipped upside down, like you were talking about. Sure. Like a human isn't capable of doing that. And you need some type of machinery to be able to do that. So what sure. would you be able to have in the middle of the woods that could do that or fake that, you know? Nothing. They say it's, uh, you know, could be the ice on the trees in the winter that snaps them off, you know, because spruce trees are weak and the ice gets on them and breaks them off. But just say at one area to have all those, you know, broken trees down in that one, you know, section of trail and then it all disappears. It's kind of strange, you know. Say a lot of people that I've talked to, at least uh, that have had experiences in that area, um, they say that they kind of get the idea from the Sasquatch in that area that they believe were Sasquatch encounters. Um, that they're not aggressive Sasquatch. They're more um, like curious to yeah. see like how you'll react. And I've had a few friends that have said that they've had uh, almost what it feels like a test where they'll like leave garbage somewhere, like sure. in the middle of a path or they'll block off part of a path just to sure. see which direction you're going to go, what you're going to do. Yeah. But nobody's ever really, at least that I've talked to, I'm sure that there is some encounters when, you know, people will come encounter with, a, if they are Sasquatch, like the teenage male Sasquatch, which are usually the ones that people have the dangerous encounters with because they're kind of trying to figure out their place in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, it seems like they're more, yeah, not on on the aggressive side. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just a weird, a weird, weird feeling, you know, for somebody who spends so much time in the woods um, to have that, you know, just kind of sketchy out is, you know, it's a little bit alarming, you know? Have you uh, ever had that feeling any other time in the woods or was it only specifically this one time at that location? Um, nope. Um, actually, uh, uh, my house, uh, we're in central New York, uh, cutting firewood. Um, section of woods I've been in for years, cutting wood. Um, no problems ever. Um, one night, I'm packing up, getting ready to leave. I'm putting my saw and my uh, gas and oil and everything in my four-wheeler. Got a load of wood on a wagon and um, getting ready to head out of the woods. And it's just about dark. Uh, I'm like, eh, I got time to cut one more log up quick. And uh, I split everything by hand, all my firewood. So I'll cut it up, split it up, throw it in the pile, and I'll go up and get it tomorrow. So uh get my chainsaw off the four-wheeler, start it up. I start walking, uh, you know, 20 feet away from the wheeler. Right up, there's a uh, fallen rotten log there on the ground. So I go over there, um, start chainsaw. And as soon as I started, I get this overwhelming feeling of, dread and fear and like something's about to go down again and um this was years before this year's experience obviously um so i got on my four-wheeler again put everything back on there i'm like i can get out of here something's about to go down and uh i got in my four-wheeler started up everything's loaded up and i'm booking it out of the woods and uh, i got about probably a half of a mile of woods to go through so there's mud holes and you gotta go around trees so you can't really go Real fast out, but, you know, do about 20 miles an hour, get out of there. Um, and if it ends up emptying into a field. <clears throat> so I get on my wheeler, start it up, taking off. And uh, as I'm driving out, there's a black, let's call it an entity. I called a hide behind because it was going from tree to tree in front of me. This is a hardwood forest, and it's about three foot tall. It's going back and forth, back and forth, about 10 feet in front of me, bouncing between the trees as I'm uh, exiting the woods. And um, it's one of those feelings where like, you're driving down a trail or whatever, and you look behind you, and you always feel like something's right on your ass, like it's going to grab you or whatever. Um, 
you know, I carry a handgun with me, cutting wood just in case for critters. Um, something goes awry. Um, it's a 200 acre piece of woods. There's nobody else in there. I mean, no one in there cutting firewood. There's nobody. It's not hunting season. Um, <clears throat> I got to the hay field at the end of the woods and, um, the dread, the feeling went away. And, uh, I haven't been back in that section of woods, um, since then that was, you know, probably eight, 10 years ago now. That's right across my house. I just refused to go in there. Did you feel like that thing was trying to uh, like corner you off, or do you feel like it was kind of like guiding you somewhere? Like, what what do you feel like its like intentions were? Uh, I think it it wanted me out of that area, but it uh it showed up. The feeling showed up so quickly, and like I'd go to that spot, cut wood, and you know I sit there and have lunch on a stump, and you know watch a creek flow and just relax, and you know, whatever happened just kind of showed up that night, and then um you know I get goosebumps telling a story every time I tell it to somebody, and I can't. Can't bring myself going back there. It's just something's something was wrong. Either it was a different reality that jumped in, um, and something bad was happening, or uh, I don't know what the hell was going on. But it definitely it definitely wanted me out of them woods for sure. Say, especially with like <clears throat> the darting behind the trees. Like, did you ever get like a like a full glimpse of it in between the trees, <clears throat> or was it just like a like a dark shadow that you kept seeing bounce between different trees? No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I definitely seen it. Um, going back and forth, but it wasn't a shadow. It was just dark, like a uh, dark matter, like dark, dark, darker than dark. Like it was just kind of like um, almost like um, like a black hole to nowhere that was darting, you know, three foot tall, and it would just be like, and I could see it as a human figure because you kind of see it, like bend around trees and watch me as I was coming down the trail until I got out of the woods. So it was like uh, like almost like two legged then. Um, it was kind of oval shaped. I didn't, there was no legs or nothing. It was just kind of an oval shaped, dark pocket of blackness that was going back and forth. Oh, so like almost like mm. a like a portal rather than like a like a solid like mass yeah. being. Yeah, you couldn't see like a a human form, but it it kind of took like a human form as it went to like the next tree, and it kind of like <clears throat> almost peaked around the next tree. So did you get more of like a like a paranormal vibe from this or did you get more of like a like an interdimensional vibe mm. or more of like a like a cryptid like in this reality physical kind of vibe from it? I'm kind of thinking it was more like a almost like a demonic vibe. It was evil. It wasn't it wasn't good at all. Whatever the energy the energy was, it was not good. Do you by chance know <clears throat> if there's any uh like legends about like the woods or anything like that around your house? Like being <clears throat> that you're over uh towards, you know, New England kind of area. Like, is there any, um, like witch stories, for example, or anything else weird like that going on in the woods where there maybe is like a reason for a certain area to be protected or a certain areas watched because of something bad that happened there? Um, kind of crazy. There's, uh, actually on that mountain where I'm cutting wood, there was, um, um, way back in the days of prohibition, there was, um, two hermits that lived up there. Um, one lived in the woods and one had a farm and actually the foundation of the farm and everything's still there. And the one hermit had, um, a little place there, his foundations there is like a 12 by 12 um, set of rocks in the woods. You can still see it. You can walk right up to it or whatever. But um, the story is, well, the story is back in the day that a train or a um, stagecoach was coming down from the next village and it was full of gold going to the bank in my town. Um, the stagecoach got robbed and they think that the hermit robbed it, the one that lived in the house off the farm. And he ended up so the, the gold disappeared. The people on the the, um, the horse and carriages died. They, they were murdered. And the hermit's dead. And now the only other people on that mountain are the people on the farm. 
<clears throat> which were um, burned out during Prohibition. They came up and burned the farm down. Um, so if the story is correct and it's legit, you know, and if it's all correlates together, maybe I'm in the area where maybe the hermit robbed the train car and put the gold. Um, but then the gold was never found. The coins were never found. All the gold. See, like just with <clears> like the darting behind the trees, that almost kind of gives me the impression, like just from hearing that story mm-hmm. of maybe like how the hermit could have theoretically went after the the car. You know, oh, he could have been deep. hiding behind the trees, darting yeah. behind the trees kind of a thing. Yep. So maybe theoretically, if uh, you believe in like <clears throat> paranormal things or if you believe in the aspect of just like if an event is uh, <clears throat> has enough trauma to it that it'll like sure. echo through time. Sure. It almost makes you wonder if there's like that gold could possibly be hidden in that area or sure. getting onto some woo woo stuff. Hermits, you never know what kind of stuff they could be into. <clears throat> they could even be into, you know, pagan magic. Like, who knows? Like, maybe they sure. put some type of protection over where, you know, the gold might be, where it's not necessarily like a spirit of one of the people involved, but it might be some other type of like protective being, sure. which would explain, you know, like the three foot height, possibly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the story goes with it. Nobody knows if it's true or not. And nobody's ever metal detected up there or nothing. Um, going into your, you were just talking about, um, you know, when when people leave and they're in the spirit form and all this other stuff's going on, the energy left behind. <clears throat> I had a friend of mine. Um, this is kind of a this is definitely the quarries into our reality. Um, a friend of mine, um, and his one other one of his friends were killed two years ago, um, in a bad uh, accident on a four wheeler hit a truck, and they were both instantly killed. So I'm like, this kid is an alpha male like balls to the wall that passed away. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, every time I go through the accident sites, I go through it a lot. I'm heading up to up North to go hiking and stuff. <clears throat> I don't ever see like, I'm always like waiting for him to show up in my back seats. We're good friends. Mm-hmm. Just like the image in the mirror. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, it kind of makes me think like it was his death was so violent, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with this, um, you know, this hermit or whatever. If the death is violent, do they, mm-hmm. If it's real bad and it's not you're like your time, you get projected into the next reality and all the, all of your energy goes away, like from here. You know what see, I mean? You get like shot into the next reality and your life just keeps going and like nothing ever happened. See, I kind of get uh <clears throat> I don't know, depending on which trail kind of trail you want to go down. I kind of have like a bunch of different views when it kind of comes yeah. to aspects of that and like the paranormal. Um, like when it comes to just like a super traumatic event, I kind of believe sure. that time isn't necessarily linear. So when there's a traumatic mm. event, the reason why people will like see ghosts of that time, but they won't sure. interact with them is because uh, like they can't see them because it's just an echo reflection through time of that event happening. Just a memory that's been left there. Yeah. Basically. Imprinted in time, essentially. Sure. sure. Um, the other aspect of it that mm. I kind of get into is uh, like if there's a dark presence that like something bad that happens, um, I kind of mm. sit on the possibility that maybe it's possible for spirits to linger if they don't necessarily like find the light so to speak sure um but i feel like when it comes to traumatic events um like i don't know i feel like feel like most people are aware of their death and if everybody kind of has like unfinished business so i don't think anybody necessarily like stay stays for for that long if that makes sense but that being said also um if there is another side 
and you aren't like say like recycled into another consciousness into another person and there is just like a like a spiritual afterlife where you're not going to be in a vessel again i feel like it's uh they would have the ability to interact with what like you know with the with our physical dimension in some way shape or form um be it that you know, it's it's kind of like that concept of like uh, when you when you're looking at like dimensions that you can interact with the dimensions below, but you can't er- interact with the dimensions above. So sure. like they could see us and interact with us, but we wouldn't necessarily be able to see or perceive them. But if you you know have that connection to the spiritual side, um, maybe you'd be able to pick up on them. You know, like people that are mediums, they can sometimes see them, they can sometimes hear them. Um, but for the most for the most part, uh, you know, I feel like they uh. Like if they have a message that needs to be said, they can come back. Sure. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe one day, hopefully, you know, you'll get to get we'll to all find out again. You know, <laughs> we'll all find out at the end, I guess. Not in a sad way, though. Maybe I'm hoping that he'll just make a connection with you somehow. You know, because it seems sure. like you kind of you have that mindset that if he did try to contact you, like you'd be able to pick up the signs, even if uh, you know you couldn't hear or see him. You know, there sure. you guys might just have like little things between you guys that he might be able to do. Like, you know, yeah. if there was something that he used to like set in a certain place or something. Sure. Um, just because even from like me with my personal experiences, uh, like my grandpa, um, there's no way that I think he's like a spirit that like lingers here. But he's been doing this thing since I was a kid where he like turns the light on. And it's just kind of always been like a thing that's kind of happened throughout my life. Sure. And I don't think that he's always like. I don't know. Like, I don't think he didn't pass on. I think that he like interacts and comes back at certain times when he feels the need to, but he is in some other place possibly. And then it kind of gets into this mixed idea too of, uh, you know, recycled consciousness. Um, because I can still kind of see some different concepts as far as like, uh, you know, going into, um, you know, like past lives and future lives, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, it makes you wonder though, is there, is there like an endpoint where you're supposed to figure out so much stuff, and once you've served your purpose, then you get to exist in the spiritual realm. And if you don't, you just get continuously recycled until you learn that lesson that you're supposed to learn or learn whatever you're supposed to learn. Yeah. So like my, my question is like, where's that break point? Is it like you're always continuously recycled into a new vessel or is sure. it that you get to a certain point, you finish what you need, and then you get to exist forever in the spiritual realm? Yeah. No, you never know. I mean, that's a, you know, you can go to the, um, Books of the, and the stories of the children that lived before they talk about, you know, all the stuff that they'd have no idea about the information on. And they just, they know everything about certain things. They're like, you shouldn't know this stuff. Like what the hell's going on? You know, but maybe you get set through it until you stop screwing up and figure it out. And then you get set on, you know? Hey, it might even be uh ancestral memories too. That sure. When a lot of people do these like past live regressions or they have visions of like their past lives, like, it may not necessarily be them. It might be, you know, your ancestors and you're seeing things through their eyes because you do have that spiritual link with your ancestors. Cause sure. obviously like they're your ancestors they're your DNA, like you're connected to them. Sure. Well, you got chickens and uh, I got chickens. So it's like the chickens are, uh, you know, they're a year old and they're afraid of hawks. You know, that's just born into them that they know that that's a bad thing. So when the hawk comes around, you know, they're, they're flying off and getting back in the coop and getting into production. You know, and they've never seen a hawk attack a chicken. You know, they just know it. I don't know. No, it's guess, an, it's ancestral for sure. And it's something sure. that like eventually gets kind of like lodged in your DNA. And sure. even just off of that, like if ancestral fears like that, even with people can get like hooked in your DNA like that, where you have those fears without even inherently knowing it, like it makes you wonder what else considering, <clears> you know, we only 
know how to use so much of our brain capacity might actually just be sitting in there locked, you know, just sure. hidden files, so to speak, in like a computer, you know? That shows up when you need it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> just there. Um, times in your life, it just says unlock and you get one one piece at a time. Yeah, that's right there. Yeah. So I guess that um that can kind of prelude us into uh my uh, next story here. Uh if we got we got time to keep going. Oh yeah, we got more than enough time. No okay. rush at all. We can we can go for three hours if you want to, we can go for an hour, whatever you want to do, man. I'm not cutting right. you off at any point. <laughs> How weird are you prepared to go? <laughs> as weird as you'd like to go. This all is right. a prize of our reality, sir. Hell yeah. <laughs> um so um bringing to this experience uh kind of the afterlife and stuff um not a man of the cloth um i believe something's out there you know i I think people waste a lot of time on religion and fight over it and shit but um i had a condition called uh afib a few years ago and um basically your heart um the top part of your heart will pump faster than the bottom half of your heart um so basically get out of sync um so you can either go back to what they call sinus rhythm on your own. Your body will actually flip you back into sinus rhythm, or you got to go and get a cardioverter. So basically they stop your heart um, for a minute and then um, they restart you uh, via paddles. And then uh, when they restart you, your heart will go back into sinus rhythm. So uh, if you don't get it done, you'll, you could throw a clot, you know, and, and um, get pretty messed up. <clears throat> My first experience with, uh, AFib and um, cardio version um, had the AFib, didn't know what was going on. Heart's going a million miles an hour. Wife brings me to the hospital and um, get on the get on the bed and stuff. And uh, they're like, "Well, we're gonna cardio vert you because you're not flipping back on your own." So I'm like, "All right, I don't even know what that means." But <clears throat> so a doctor comes in, he's like, "Well, we'll give you some drugs. We're gonna slow your heart down, um, slow your whole body down, and then we're gonna give you another shot to basically stop your heart, and then we'll restart you." So doctor comes in, gives me a shot, takes off, comes back ten minutes later. Um, By chance, you know what this shot was? Just, I just, out of I don't know what the drug is. No, I should look it up though, because I'm kind of curious if it's something that uh, <clears throat> I don't know, it's just intended to stop your heart, or if it has like other like uh, like side effects on the body. Um, I don't know what the the drug is that slows you down. There's a drug that slows you down, and then there's one that they actually stop your heart with once you're. Bodies like your heart rates drop, you know, they try to drop your heart rate as much as they can, and then they'll, they'll give you this extra shot <clears throat> to put you down, basically. Um, he comes in, gives me a first shot, comes in 15 minutes later. He goes, uh, how you feeling? I'm like, I feel normal. <clears throat> he goes, yeah, I feel nothing. Yeah, I'm like, nope. So uh, he goes, all right, well, uh, we're going to give you another dose. Comes in, gives me another dose, and um, comes in another 15 minutes after. He's like, uh, how you feeling? I'm like. Uh, I feel fine, like other than my heart beating out of my chest. Still, he's like, "Okay, we'll give you a third one." So he gives me a third shot, and uh, comes back in. And uh, I don't think it just had time to kick in yet. I think he came in like ten minutes later at time, and he's like, "How you feeling?" I'm like, I feel normal. He's like, "Huh?" I'm like, "I don't want to hear huh right now." Like, you're gonna be put me put <laughs> me down and bring me back to life. That's the last thing I want to hear is huh. Yeah, especially in that experience, just him coming in each time and pretty much asking if you're okay, like knowing the intention is to like basically temporarily kill you and have you come back for like, sure that's a horrifying experience i'm sure your your heart was in your throat each time yeah, you walked in the room you for know? sure <laughs> yeah it's a little messed up so anyway um the shot finally kicked in um started getting you know zoning out a little bit like when you have anesthesia and feel myself going out when they you know put the other shot in me to, to stopping so i stopped the heart and next thing i know i'm 
um, in this area, and it's uh, the limestone pillars and humongous limestone slabs that I'm walking on. Uh, they're not walking on I'm, I'm on on the ground. Um, I can't feel legs, but I'm like moving. And at the end of these, it's almost like the old Roman cathedrals with all the the, um, the limestone pillars. And I'm moving towards. I'm moving up this up these pillars. I can see them passing by me. <clears throat> I look up at the end of this set of pillars and all this limestone walkway. Um, is this bright light like this warm? It was like a. I don't say it's like a light, but it's like a warm energy. Like you could feel it. Um, so I'm slowly like moving towards that, and I'm not walking. I'm I'm looking around. I'm aware because <clears throat> I can see the pillars moving as I'm like moving forward through time. Um, this is and, gonna sound like a weird question, but like outside of the pillars, like what what was everything? There was, was it nothing. Like space or is it just no black just fog? Void, nothing. It was fog. It was all white. Hmm. Everything was white. Um, yeah, you couldn't see. You could see the pillars, like the side of them that you're on. You're between them, but like as soon as like the air went through the pillars, like you couldn't see. There was it was just fog. Like it was a bright fog. Like you couldn't see anything. Um, and did that for it seemed like. 15 minutes in the time that I was in and off to my right, I hear my wife calling my name and uh, to follow her voice, follow her voice. So I'm like, okay, <clears throat> so I'm not walking. I'm not like my, my uh, being just takes direction towards the right. <clears throat> and as I turn towards the right, and I go through a few pillars, a set of pillars into like that foggy area. I wake up, <clears throat> but as I'm waking up, I hear this big snap. And like this buzzing sound, which I'm assuming is the paddles when they electrocuted me to bring me back, um, into and you know into reality. But uh, you know, I don't know if it could have been something else. It was a loud snap and a buzzing sound. <clears throat> and then I woke up and my wife was there, and um, you know, the doctors, everybody, and I was back in sinus rhythm, and I'm on my, on my way. So going into, <clears throat> I don't know, coming out, coming out of that experience, like uh. Like how how did how did you feel? Like did you feel like you were having a dream? Did you feel like you were in some other place? Like physically, did you feel like your like soul left your body? Like you were in some type of vision in your head? Like 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 where where did it feel feel like you were at least from your perspective? Um, in my perspective, I mean, I felt like I was literally there. Like I was in that, I was existing in that place, wherever that place was. Hundred so percent. One of those experiences where it's like mm. it almost feels more real than reality. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. It's yeah. kind of weird how uh, like all these near death experiences, everybody kind of says the same thing about it, and it also kind of connects with a lot of like the DMT experiences, or people say kind of the same thing, where it's sure. like you feel like you die. Well, of course, in your your you know case that they did they did have you temporarily die. Yeah, you flatline. Yeah, but you 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 feel like uh like did you almost feel that like like almost like that place that feeling like you'd been there before too? Oh, 100 percent. It was home. Yep, for sure. Yeah, like uh, hundred yeah, percent comfortable there. See, because I've had some experiences with just like uh, I- I'm sure you probably mm. heard me talk about my story where I've seen like this this place that's almost like in the middle of space, um, with like the purple nebula to it, mm-hmm. and so like my question is, like just like everybody perceives everything differently, like mm. if you theoretically like manifest your own reality, are all of us seeing the same place, but we're seeing it from like our perspective on like how we envision this place, like almost like it's just like a like a blank slate. And people create like their idea of what something is like, you know, there could, there could be a you and somebody else in this place and both of you are talking to this being, but both of you are perceiving the being 
completely differently, even though you're hearing the same words coming from the same being. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get that 100%. It's almost like that yeah. Twilight Zone concept. <clears throat> There's like an episode about it where they're talking about a plane in a hangar and all of them are talking about how they see it different colors and stuff. And they only see it in that same color because somebody else told them that it was that color. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, that, you know, especially like, um, you know, I've never done DMT or anything like that, but you got to wonder if like, I don't know, it's going to go deep, but if oxygen keeps us like subtle and when you do drugs, things like that, that it opens, it kind of takes away the veil and you're seeing what's actually around you, what's going on. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I'm at with a lot of it. <clears throat> like I've had enough like psychedelic experiences where I don't know, it's just this. It's a to- it's hard to explain unless you've had them yourself. But like when you look into like the science behind it, they say that there's less brain activity like when you're taking psychedelic substances, but there's actually like more that you're seeing and experiencing. Like it doesn't make any sense because you would assume that if you're seeing all these crazy different things, that your brain would be like shot up and be have sure. more activity than it has ever had before. But like the fact that it lowers activity, even you know, in the aspect of like you know what happened to you, where it's clearly lowering the brain activity. Why is it that people have these like prolific experiences that they couldn't just they they wouldn't be able to create without having way more brain activity going on? You know, yeah, it's intense and you're in the moment. You know what I mean? If you're if you don't have the brain activity, like why is it happening? Exactly. And I mean, after that experience, like like where where did it set you on? Like, uh, you know, I kind of change my opinion on this regularly, but Mm -hmm. like uh, like what what's your perception of like this reality we live in? Like, what's what do you think is like? Do you think there's a creator? Like, what's your perception of everything? Um, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know what's going on, you know, hundred percent, but like, just out of your words, just your, your, you know, your perspective. Cause that, like I said, mine changes regularly. Everybody's changes regularly. Oh, sure, Nobody sure. knows for sure, but you know, sure. just, just your eyes, your perspective. Currently. Yeah. After, after this experience, um, it took me a minute to kind of like realize what the hell happened and kind of like relive it in my head and think about it and like <clears throat> re go back through it. It's still vivid to this day. Like everything about that experience. I'm like, I think there's a, uh, there's a there's another consciousness out there that I don't I don't think we understand yet. Um, you know I think that I think there's I don't think there's like a higher being that's there might be a higher being that's controlling us or like kind of overshadowing everything. <clears throat> but as far as like a um, you know a God figure, I think that they're you know every person could have their own God figure. I mean, you know. There's no uh, no religion. It's right. They're all they all fight with each other about the same freaking thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I guess in my eyes, uh, you know, they are something something greater out there. We just uh, we're two simple knuckle dragging humans that comprehend, you know, what that is. <laughs> but you know, we can feel it that there's something there for sure. See, like uh, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of um, I've talked to a lot of people, experienced mm-hmm. a lot of things, uh, had a lot of interesting conversations. And it seems like even just from your story, this kind of connected with it too. It seems like there's our reality, our dimension, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's multiple realities, dimensions. I mean, there could be different creator gods for each of these, you know, sure. like one creator created each dimension. That's kind of like this concept that I've kind of gotten into, which I'll go into in a second. Um, but it seems like there's these things that exist outside of that, that control the laws within that. And they seem to be like these like watcher beings and they only intervene when they see necessary. Sure. Like I had a guy in my show who was talking about like a 20 and back and said that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they they figured out time travel, you know, and there's these people have been working on this thing for a long time. And uh, one of the first people that went against like the rules, so to speak, of like time travel 
he got grabbed by these things that were like outside of our dimension. Uh, he was from from Tony's story. He got thrown into a rat for a thousand years or something crazy like that. And then they pulled him back to that exact second he was in and pretty much said, don't do it again and disappeared. So even just from like the God concept too, like one thing that I've kind of frequently wondered, I kind of expand on this idea every time I talk about it, but uh, like if people pass away, they see a void, they're still conscious within that void. Um, Would you potentially have the ability to create within that void? And then that kind of goes into like my God concept where I kind of connect this biblically that, you know, they say in the beginning of the Bible, that there was the void and then God created, you know, brought things from the spiritual into the physical and created reality. Um, So who's to say that, you know, like I was saying, like different God for each dimension, so to speak, that our God is the one that somebody was somebody that passed away in the dimension above his, you know, so to, so to speak. And he created this reality within that. But then every single time somebody or a consciousness passes away within that reality, they're able to do the same thing. So you get this branch off of multiple dimensions, infinite possibilities of dimensions, all of them having their own creator God. But above that bubble, if you kind of get into, um, I guess this is like a simulation kind of theory type thing, but I kind of sure. go like to call it organic simulation because it's not, I don't like to reference it like a computer because it just doesn't, fit right in my head um mm. you know if this is like an organic simulation or you know we're just in some type of like dish where there's this big experiment happening these those could be those beings <clears throat> that are outside that seem to control space and time because maybe like there's there's something going on um where there's the, all of these constructs within this this thing be it like uh like a system some kind of like orb like whatever the hell you want to call it and then there's like these beings that are able to control it without it without from outside of that but then the idea goes of, you know, if there are these like time beings, these watcher beings, these other things, is there something that's above above them? And then where sure. does that like branch of reality stop? You know? Sure, sure, hundred percent. You know, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> you know, almost like it's kind of weird. I mean, you've you've had deja vu before. For oh play, yeah, like, more places. times than I can count. <laughs> it's kind of weird to like, you know, if, if you're repeating. I was kind of going back a little bit in the, an episode, but if you're if you're repeating your time until you get it right. Like I've had deja vu of places that I've never been before. Like I'll be driving to a job somewhere for work and I'll drive by a house. I'm like, holy shit, I know this place. Like there's a creek that runs out back. Like I I like know the layout of the whole place. I'm like, why would you get sent back to the to the same place to essentially fuck up again until you get sent back again? You know what I mean? I mean, that could be the split too of like <clears throat> uh like where different realities happen. Like yeah. um I kind of get into this concept of you know you're about to go do something and you just have this bad feeling and you see something bad's about to happen. Sure. And so you don't end up doing it. And then you see later on that there was like an accident or something that happened like five minutes down the road of like when you were going to leave. And you're just like, wow, weird deja vu connection. But was it you in the accident? Like it would have been you kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where like a different like reality or dimension could split off. But in between these things happening, there could be events that are, the same no matter what throughout them like you passing this thing at a specific time whatever so it's like you're kind of have this mind where you're kind of split between two realities in a sense that Mm. like this is the reoccurring thing that always happens and then those like split moments or when you get those like feelings of something bad's gonna happen something's good gonna happen if i do this sure and that's where like that's a single reality because that's where it would split but then those realities at certain point may come back to a point where it's the same in both. And then that's when you get that like deja vu feeling is when everything kind of lines up between the two different, you know, patterns of reality. Sure. Sure. Pick to go about things, you know? 
Yeah, it kind of brings me back to that um, story of my friend that passed away because <clears throat> the, where the accident happened is at the intersection of two country roads. Um, the timing of that is immaculate. Like, you couldn't have timed that any better for the accident to happen. Like, if somebody, like, got off their four-wheeler to take a leak or um, the guy who was driving a vehicle stopped to get gas, like, uh, one second differential in time would have changed that entire situation. The accident would never happen. Like, how is it so precisely timed that, like, this is, you know, it's not a, it's not like a weird construction action or something like that. I mean, it's it's in a in the middle of the country, like on a, in an intersection of two country roads. Like, there's not a lot of traffic. There's one car every forty five minutes, and these two two people just collide at the same time. Like, the timing is impeccable. So is that, you know, you gotta wonder if it's like, is it controlled? Is it meant to be that way? If it's meant to be the way, um, you know, my friend left two little boys behind. And his uh, friend that was with him also left two little boys behind. But does this reoccur? Does this keep happening? You know, if they if this happened in this lifetime, this in this reality, that accident happened, <clears throat> did they get jolted on and their day continued? You know, and not as if nothing happened. But in our reality here, you know, they're gone. So I don't know. It's, it's I don't. Know. It's that's deep. even where it goes it's into deep. the CERN concept too. Is that there could be there, that's <clears throat> where could different split offs could be? Because if there is two realities like joining over each other you know that person might still be around in this one but they may not be around in that one for sure but like one thing that's kind of helped me get through a lot of uh like bad bad times in life is uh it seems like the most wicked people seem to live forever like you know just look at politicians in general yeah and then the people who are just the most kind-hearted sweetest people you ever meet don't seem to be around too long but like i said my logic for it that makes me feel a bit better is maybe they fully serve their purpose and, uh, you know, they get to go to that spiritual realm like we were talking about earlier and they get sure. to be there forever. Sure. And it's one of those things that, you know, maybe our existence in this reality is intended to be suffering and pain so that we can appreciate the spiritual side when we get to it way more. And also, if you have like spiritual gifts where you can like help people and do different things, you'd be more prone to do that. Having felt that, you know, torture of, you know, existence, so to speak, you know, sure, sure. Like, you know, I, I'm hoping for the best for everybody. So, you know, yeah. I'm hoping that maybe as messed up as it sounds, you know, they're they're living their the best possible spiritual life that they could possibly live on the other side, you know, sure. and sure. one day they'll get to see their kids again. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe because of that, you know, fall of events, things happening, things like that, maybe because of uh, that happening to those boys at a young age, maybe it'll alter something that happens later on in their life. That makes it so that maybe they do a lot of good because they did feel that pain, you know, at, sure, at a young sure. age. Like, you know, I always try to see things as in as positive. It's hard to do, of course, in, in situations like that. But, you know, after you've kind of done your your healing after it, you can look at it again a couple of years later when you're kind of relaxed from it. You know, you can mm-hmm. kind of put pieces together and, you know, hope that maybe everything was intended to work out the way it did as messed up as it sounds, you know. Sure, sure. The crazy part of the, that story was I don't want to dwell on it too long. Um but like uh, my buddy had died, his friend got a snowmobile accident, and then uh, they a year and a day later is when they died to uh, my other two friends. And then, um, the kid that got killed in a snowmobile accident, his dad got killed, or his dad had cancer and died, um, a month and a day to the accident of the two boys dying, and then the father died exactly one year to the day that his son died. Of a heart attack. It's crazy. Yeah. 
just, I don't know. It's just so crazy. It's, it's I don't know. Weird. It's yeah, really it's weird. Timing <clears throat> and synchronicities. That's all yeah. it kind of comes yeah. down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do all you want to do. And of course, evil people are drinking the baby blood and whatever. So. <laughs> hey, that's why they get to live forever, though, is because, like I said, if this existence is suffering and torture, they think that they're prolonging their life for yeah. a good thing. But realistically, they're just holding themselves back longer yeah. from getting to be in that spiritual world. For sure. And then, you know, kind of bringing it back to, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a different note. Um, that's where you kind of get into like my fear of like this mm. whole transferring consciousness into AI or any type of like digital medium is does that is that a copy of your consciousness so it's not actually you or is it your consciousness trapped and in that aspect are you never able to achieve going into that spiritual realm and if there are dark powers at b is that the intention in the first place is that they could theoretically trap all this consciousness within this physical you know computer system so that they never get to see that spiritual side and in turn, they're able to uh, control the masses more because they kind of cut off that idea that there is a spiritual side after a few generations of everybody just being in this like computer system because it's like people create their own heaven so they're not fantasizing about there being a spiritual heaven because there's this digital heaven that they know exists. So why are people going to take the chance of dying for real when they could transfer their consciousness into this computer system and be somewhere that's established and they know is there? You know what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> there's... um. <clears throat> the um AI thing, I think whatever they're doing with AI, there's always gonna be something, even with the consciousness, there's gonna be a piece of it missing somewhere. Like every time they genetically um you know build something, there's always a piece of it that's not gonna be exactly the same, it's gonna be missing out of the equation, you know. So like so which side be... do you do you fall on? Do you mm -hmm. think that they're able to actually like trap the consciousness, or do you think it's one of those things where it's like a copy? So the thing missing is mm -hmm. like you, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's yeah. a copy of you, but it's not like you. Yeah, I I don't think they can copy it. I think that um I think that the information is there, but the actual being is not there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's just it's it's a copy of you, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it's not it's like that same concept of like mm. uh, they've done a few Black Mirror episodes on it. There's I'm sure that there's a bunch of program system programs that exist that do this already, but they'll like take messages mm. that you've sent, your emails, uh, your different interactions, all those things, and they just make an AI that's able mm. to like mimic you. So it's like it makes everybody around you, you know, feel like you're still around. Like it tricks them sure. into thinking that it's sure. you, but the key component that's missing is the actual like you. soul, for lack of better words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think it can be. Um, I think it'd be copied, but I don't think the presence will ever, ever be there. But you know, who the hell knows? <laughs> but then, yeah, that still kind of mm. goes into that idea too. That even if that is how it is, and there, you know, you can't hold people back from getting into the spiritual. Um, would that start to deter people away from religions and you know the whole spiritual realm? Um, because people would assume and think the average person, assumably not like us conspiracy minded type people that that is a copy. So that's the definite, you know? Yeah. Um, so then they wouldn't spend their life seeking, doing good things, doing <clears throat> this, doing that because they're like, Oh, you know, when I die, I'm going to be put in a computer system. If I, you know, fucking kill this person, do this, do that, whatever. Like it, it's irrelevant at this point. I can do whatever yeah. the hell I want. So then that's kind of get where you get into that, like total sin concept where sure. if, you know, the system is demonic, so to speak, Maybe that's part of the trick. And that's kind of like the selling your soul contract idea that I don't believe that your soul is for sale, but mm -hmm. 
but people are tricked into thinking that they sold their soul. So then they spend the rest of their life doing bad things. And that's what, you know, puts the nail in the coffin to decide where you're going to go. It's not the actual deal itself because they can't actually own the soul. So same thing when you go into that, it's Mm -hmm. almost like a deal with the devil in the aspect of like, you're going to go about your life thinking you can do whatever you want because the spiritual realm doesn't exist. But realistically, it does exist, and you were tricked the whole time. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're fucked either way. I think that, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think if they, you know, I think the most important thing is to live and be a good person here. It doesn't matter, you know, everything else is going on because, or what's going to happen with AI or your next life. You know, it's funny with um, COVID came out and all the bullshit. <clears throat> I did notice a lot of people, um, and I actually, you know, gained a few new friends from it, like, I think the sense of um, community outweighs the sense of, or the community of religion. Like, I think if you can get people, you know, to live like each other and like be happy with each other and be friendly to each other and to help other people, um, you know, they can go to church all they want on Sundays and do whatever they got to do and throw their money in the plate to, uh, you know, buy their ticket to the, to the golden gates. But like, I think being awake and alive and, um, the here and the now is the most important thing you can do. Like, you know, during COVID, you notice like a lot of neighbors who didn't get along and family members get along. Like everybody, you hit a distance where you weren't quotes allowed to go see people, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, and then they, they had a lacking of human contact and shit. And then once they got, you know, 90% of the majority got human contact again, um, you know, they valued, their lives and other people's lives around them and help start helping each other about. And I think that like, if you do the right thing in this life, you know, I think you're doing, you're doing pretty damn good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you, you on know? that one. It's one of those things that it's like, you shouldn't <clears throat> need a religion or to be scared mm-hmm. of what's going to happen in the afterlife. Like you should just, as a person knowing that the only way we're ever going to get anywhere is by working together and being in community Yeah, hundred percent. Know, is just be good to everybody around you. Like you shouldn't need a reward for it. it's you know like that you know if you heard the whole cart concept of like you can tell what type of person somebody is by whether or not they return a cart to a cart corral Uh because it's you know a matter of the person you're not getting rewarded for it you're only doing Uh, it because you're trying to be nice to the next person so the people that'll go out of their way to put the cart in the cart corral are the type of people that would go out of their way for somebody else without needing any kind of reward or anything but the people just leave it wherever the hell they want are the type of people who would you know shit on somebody to get themselves at Sure. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Minus, um, you know, people that have like handicaps, you know, that you know are already having a hard enough time sure, getting sure. to the car. Like you, those sure. people are excluded. I don't want to include those people. Sure, but if you're fully sure. functional, the car corral is within walking distance, which don't they be all lazy. are because they purposely put them everywhere. Yeah, just mm-hmm. be that good person, man. Like you shouldn't need a reward. Just yep. even for the aspect of like you wouldn't want your car to get messed up. So right. don't leave a car in the middle because you never know when might blow and mess somebody else's car up. Just respect for others. For sure. For sure. It's funny, um, where we live, it's uh, it's pretty sporadic, the housing. Um, you know, I can, you know, walk out of my garage door right now and take a leak or fire my gun off if I want at 11 o'clock at night. Like, nobody cares. Um, you know, everybody's pretty far apart, so you're pretty much not going to hear anything anyway. But, like, I have neighbors that um, I don't agree with politically. Um, and we could, we could, I could, you know, have a conversation with somebody, could drop a little politics bomb and all shit and hell will break loose. But we don't talk politics. Like we're good to each other. We help each other out and shit. Um, you know, and that's what it's all about. We know that we're on either side of the fence. You know, we can't. We would never be able to agree on anything. You know, but like, and we couldn't even have a civil conversation because it turned into madness. But 
Um, but we're good to each other. We help each other out. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. It's kind of weird how like it's small communities. Mm-hmm. So obviously less people, you actually get to know people, mm-hmm. but it's kind of weird how like when people have more space and they don't see as many people, they're kinder to the people around them versus people in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you see so many people that it's like almost like you take people for granted. And sure. that's where, why you get people that are so uh, like rude in the city versus like sure. know, going out to the country and stuff. Like that's one yeah. of the things I dig is I live near the city. One day I hope to move out to the country and stuff, but you know, I go into stores, everybody gives you funky ass looks. Everybody's looking at you weird and shit. Uh, you go out to the country and you walk past anybody and they're like, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah. A good day. How you yeah, doing? What's up, man? Yeah, going, at you, yeah. All yep. that kind of stuff. You know, yep. I'll have a bunch of like the, I go to the farm store and pick up all my like chicken feed and all that kind of stuff. So, you sure. know, I drive, you know, out in the country to get all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I go out there and I'll have like, uh, you know, old, older, you know, country dudes like complimenting my beard and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's just like a totally different atmosphere. Like it's yeah. just so much more yep. peaceful and just more community based. And it's just like, everybody yeah. needs to find a way to get back to that, man. Cause everybody craves that nobody wants to go to the store and have people give them dirty looks and be worried about somebody trying to fight them everybody wants to go to the store and have everybody sure. even if they're not talking just not at them like bring it into sure. the cities man <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny i go you know to new york city once a year or so go down and watch a baseball game and like you walk down the street and, like everybody's looking at the ground the way like here in my hometown um that i go to like of course everybody knows he brought everybody and um you know half of them are probably inbred or whatever according to everybody else but <laughs> You know, you go out street, everybody's like, here, they're like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? You know, how's your day going? And but you go out city, everybody's looking at the ground, and like, that was wrong these people. Everybody's always like, hey, how's it going? Like, nobody wants to talk to you. I'm like, what's going on here? There's no community at all. You got such extreme opposites, too, being in New York, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You have like the city, the buzz, buzzling city, you know, businessmen all like nonstop movement, For and then sure. the country. And then where yeah. I'm at, it's like, we got country, and then we got like crime ridden city. No, so it's like two totally different atmospheres, but like the crime ridden city is a lot less, uh, I don't know what, what, what's the word I'm looking for. Like, like that's cold in one way, but New York is like a totally different type of cold when you can like walk past just like a, like a nice family and they still won't even acknowledge you. You know what oh, I mean? For sure. For like sure, you can be in Detroit sure. and people will still like acknowledge you, be friendly if they're the right type of people. But yeah, like New yeah. York, it's like anybody, nobody's trying to acknowledge nobody, no matter how yeah. kind everybody is, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. We, uh, my wife and I had, um, had a couple of exchange students to stay with us for a year. And one was from Berlin. Um, one was from, uh, Sao Paulo city in Brazil and they're city girls. Uh, we had two girls and they come here and it's a huge culture shock because like everything that they're told, they're like, Oh, Americans are so cold and all this shit. I'm like, yeah. in the cities maybe like, but like up here, so they're like, everybody's nice to us. And they hug us. And they're like friendly. And I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a whole different world, but they associate everything with New York. So these girls get their um you know certificates to come to the United States for a year to study in high school, and um you know I think they're going to New York, New York City. I'm like, we're 400 miles away from New York City, like we're nowhere near the city at all. And they come up here and they're in you know bumfuck Egypt, and they're like, what is going on here? There's no no uh you know sidewalks and skyscrapers. Like, no, this is the other half of New York that nobody knows about. You know. <laughs> That's always like the best towns, dude. I love it when I go into towns where there's no dirt road or there's no paved roads. There's like one paved road, but it won't have lines. Sure. Everything else will just be like dirt roads. Yeah. It's like the most like calming feeling is when you finally yeah. hit an area like that, yeah. you know? Because that's like, as far as I'm <clears throat> concerned, coming from like people from Europe, whatever, like true America is like New York, like these big cities. But you talk to like an American and like true America is like middle of nowhere, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. 
Yeah, some good people out in this neck of the woods, that's for sure. Um, shout out to Upstate Unventional. He's uh, not too far from me, so that's pretty cool. Homie Nico. <laughs> shout yeah. out to Nico if he's listening. Shout out, man. <laughs> <clears throat> but what's... um? So you don't have uh, much country where you are as far as like um, people hiking and Bigfoot things, thing paranormals, things like things like that in the woods. Or um, I'm near the I'm near Detroit myself, so I'm in okay. like Macomb Macomb County is what they call it. So like okay. Metro Detroit area. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of woods in Michigan, but I just happen to live in the most heavily populated area of Michigan. Oh, no where it's like it's not too, too far out, but I start hitting like country when I drive about like 20 miles North of my house. Sure. So it's not too ridiculous, but everything sure. past that, you start getting into like Michigan, Michigan, which is like all the beautiful stuff. So it's like on the one side of the state, we have all the Dogman legends. Um, mm. so we have a lot of cryptids as far mm. as that goes. Uh, we have a lot of Bigfoot sightings, um, mainly in the UP. It seems like a, there's been a lot more like down on the lower peninsula recently. Sure. Um, we have a lot of water cryptids because of all the great lakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, everything's like out away from where I'm at because okay. if there's anything like that that exists, like you know, there's not going to be anything near the city. Like the only thing that there really is for the city, um, I think it's called the Nian Nian Rouge. It's like this little like dwarf demon that people see before oh, really? bad events happen. But I feel like that's more of like a paranormal thing than like sure, a like, sure. cryptid, physical, like in this reality type thing. You know, you ever get a chance to go out and, like dabble in, in the woods and look around? Or oh yeah, I uh, I've been ca- I used to I was an avid camper when I was uh, growing up with my dad, um, mm-hmm. learned how to do things in the woods. Like I go actual camping, Sweet. not like glam camping and all that Sweet. kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I haven't been able to go relatively recently just because of the kids and everything. And they're starting to kind of, you know, come into that. Eight, like I got in, like a newborn right now. So it's a little bit harder to go camping. Oh, for and sure. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but before my <clears throat> kids were born, I used to go camping with my girlfriend and stuff all the time. Sweet. And uh, my intention is of course, I want to pass all this knowledge on to my son when he gets older my daughter's not as much interested. I've been trying to get her to go camp with me for a while. And, you know, her being a girl, she doesn't like the whole concept of going in the, oh, bathroom for sure. the woods. You know, I've for explained sure. there's nobody around. It's like the most peaceful bathroom you'll ever have. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Look at the stars. You can look at the trees like you have like a full vision in your bathroom. Yeah. But perfect. <laughs> I'll get her to that point, you know, but perfect. I regularly go hiking. There's a lot of like little hiking trails and stuff. Nothing is like crazy as like where you're at, mm. um, but I'm trying to uh, branch out farther and uh, find some of those like really cool, like couple day long hiking trails but as far as like near my area unless i go pretty far out there's not really too much like that but i go to the up and that's all pretty much like straight fucking woods like you oh it's beautiful up there. yeah yeah like yeah, my girlfriend to- went down a logging trail one time and well, we went like five miles into the woods got to a point where there was almost like a lake mm. <laughs> you know puddle in the fucking road and we're yeah, like yeah, all yeah. right can't go this way i had to like turn it around with the, all these slim trees and everything get back out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good i think it's good that um I didn't see it a lot with um with the COVID nonsense too. That a lot of the trails and stuff that I hike, um, there was people out there that, didn't, that shouldn't have been out there, but you know they were unprepared. Like they don't know what they're getting themselves into. But I'm like glad that they're out there, like disconnecting and like enjoying and living their life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and especially like <clears throat> this day and age too. It's like as long as you're not too far, far out. I guess like the yep. avid average person who just needs some time in the woods, mm-hmm. like it's a lot harder to get lost as long as you have some kind of cell phone signal. Cause you could just go sure. wandering around nowadays. And as long as you're not like miles out, you know, you should be able to easily find your way back. But sure. Everybody sure. needs that, man. Everybody has that crave to just be <clears throat> in nature. Everybody does that. You know, everybody loves that. You know, it's funny. I look at um, the places I go, um, you know, far in the back country, 
and I'm sitting by a river and I'm like, this shit goes on every day of the week while we're grinding our asses off to, you know, work, to make money, to, to live in a house that we don't stay in for, you know, eight hours a night to go, you know, eat dinner, go to bed. And, you know, everybody's, everybody's like so subject to this machine and like all this beautiful area, like thrives and survives without us. And like, we don't get to enjoy any of it because we're too busy with our nose at a grindstone, like working our asses off for what, you know, to live in a house you you barely live in, you know, you pay for it and you pay for your car and you pay for this and that. And it's good that I think people are slowing down and, and kind of going back to an older way of life, which I think is good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. One thing I always like to point <clears throat> out is that mainly people decorate their house with pictures of the woods, pictures of trees. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you, even if you don't want to admit it to yourself, there's like you a, want it. Yeah. There's something natural, yeah, in you that yeah. wants to be in that. And, yeah. you know, the, the newer generations, I feel like it's starting to kind of dwindle down too, where it's like we're in this <clears throat> weird transition point where like millennials, Gen Z, they're not, well, the, the older generations wouldn't necessarily say that they're like hard workers sure. because of just like their work ethic. But like their worth ethic is that they watch their parents work themselves into the grave. Yep. You know, especially millennials, they're on that half where like they busted their ass because that's how they were raised sure. to be. And now they're starting to come to this realization of like, you know, I'm wasting my life away to mean nothing to a company, you know, like I, sure. I'm replaceable. I could spend my entire life busting my ass here. And as soon as I'm not here tomorrow, my name will never be spoken here again. And it's irrelevant. Yeah. So everybody's yeah. just, I'm hoping that it's a build up, mm. man. Like everybody will sign a kind of go back to just like a different way of living. I don't know what it's going to be exactly with this day and age, like how that's going to play out. But I see, I feel this like transition that people are just going to be living a different way. And I'm hoping that people's intentions aren't like the global, the uh, you know, income thing where you just kind of get paid to exist. Sure. Um, because I'm not pro that either because I'm not pro taking any type of government assistance by any means. Sure. And if your whole paycheck for you to exist comes from your government, like think about how easily they could completely oh, yeah. manipulate everything you do. But yep, for sure. If we get to that point where there's that universal income, <clears throat> I think there'd be a big group of us that'll say, fuck that. Like if we don't have to we're be out. on the system, we're not gonna be in the system and we'll just be yep. out and Yep. create our own self-sustaining communities because by yep. then hopefully the whole idea of um like communes have kind of been you know thrown into looking like a bad thing like intentionally with you know like the cults and everything they waco texas baby woo yeah purposely tried to make all <clears throat> communes look insane because they didn't mm -hmm. want people to live like that people are going to finally maybe one one day see that that was all intentional brainwashing to scare you away from living yep. like that Yep. And people can all move back to that and realize that that's the way to go as long as there's not one guy ahead of all you that's saying, this is how you should think, you know? Sure, sure. Free thinker community. Let everybody think differently and all come together because of their differences. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. I, I think in the next coming years, you'll find some breakaway communities, breakaway societies, you know, just going. It's funny because, like, I have a lot of skills, um, you know, hands-on skills. This computer is not not uh not my friend for sure i don't watch tv at all i haven't watched it in years um but there's so many people that can bring so many different things to the table and you can like build these communities and like everybody can bring something to, to the table like you know this person knows how to grow this this person knows how to clean an animal this person knows how to fish you know what i mean like you could like do all this shit without um you know needing everything from the store and everything from the government and you know, you could grow, you could grow pot. I can't grow pot, but you know, <laughs> yeah, trade off yeah. skills, man. That's what it's yeah. all about. But, you know, it's all about, about trading. You know, but if you could build this, you know, I don't. We're going down rabbit hole here, but you could build a, you know, breakaway society. You know, not necessarily 150, you know, acres back in the woods, but you know, you could do it anywhere and just uh, survive. But like you said, the government makes makes it a 
a thing to look down on. These people are all crazy and, you know, but I think in the passing years that we've had that people are kind of opening their eyes and being like, yeah, we don't need all this shit. Like we can do shit on our own, you know? Yeah. It can't be illegal to live off grid if there's too many of us for them to try to control. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. It's a messed up world, man. You know, you're homeschooling your kids now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Been homeschooling my, my kid. I, she's never actually been to like normal school. <laughs> Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our kids are all normal school, and um, it's uh the shit that's going on now, and you know we got the kids that are think they're fucking uh one thinks they're they're a squirrel, um you know they're talking about putting cat litter pans in the bathrooms for these furries. I'm like, oh, they did that in Michigan, and then they tried to did they really? It. Yeah, because they did it. There was an article. There's teachers come or not teachers, but <clears> students <throat> coming out about it. Their parents getting pissed off. They talked to the school about it. The school completely denied all allegations really, and said that it never happened. But then there's all these like PTO meetings of like the teachers and, you know, the fucking uh, not so much teachers, but the parents, the students all talking Mm -hmm. about these experiences and how this happened. So it's like happened in Michigan and they completely tried to pretend like it didn't happen, but it happened. (laughs) Yeah, they turn you into an asshole if you object to it. You're like, how dare you? You know, you're trying to you got to be nice to their feelings and shit. I'm like. Like, if my grandfather, like, if I pulled that shit, my grandfather saw me doing that, and he's he like, he'd slap you in the head and tell you to knock it off and get to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are we doing as parents, you know? Oh, yeah. And if you Crazy. have a problem with it and you're a parent that comes in, then uh, you're automatically <laughs> labeled a domestic terrorist now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's the new go to is uh, yep. have, have opinions as a parent, but don't share them with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got the name, the new name for the pedophiles are, um, you were talking about it on the, on the last oh, minor attracted. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like what, what is going on right now? Yeah. I don't care the law. If anybody tries to touch my kid, um, going there's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, you're going down. I don't know. It's a uh, world's getting real fucking crazy. I think it's going to push. You're going to have half and half. I think a lot of people are going to, you know, give into all this shit. And then half of them are going to be like, we're done with it. We're moving on our own. And we don't need your grocery stores. We don't need your society. And we're out of here, you know? I see that as a as a good thing that hopefully like people look at it that is like a doomsday thing, but uh-huh. like I I honestly think that societies would work better if it was in smaller groups, you know, oh, like kind of sure. like how it for used sure. to be because then it's not one person trying to make decisions for thousands of people that all have completely different opinions. You can kind of live within people that share your same opinions, but sure, sure. you know, you have to see how that rationally would work out because people just like to fight and they like to create wars. So that's oh, kind of sure. how any for of that sure. kind of shit would turn, but. For sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to see things go back to small town America for a little while. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, get away from all this nonsense. But, Crazy. Uh, I guess on that note, um, I always like to do uh, words of wisdom from the guest to the listeners on the show. So uh, if there's any words of wisdom that you would like to bestow with the listeners now being on the opposite side, you know, sure. uh, what might that be? Sure. Um, trust nothing what you hear. Um, believe half what you see and trust your gut. No better words to live by, man. You know, I guess that's my that's my two cents for what it's worth, which means absolutely nothing, but it's a good <laughs> shot at it. Hey, man, it sounded good. And you sounded good saying it. That's all the oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost sounded smart for a minute. Hey, man, you sound smart all the time. You got to give yourself yeah. credit. Thanks, what's, man. What's Appreciate that old it. saying? They say, uh, never talk bad about the warrior inside. Otherwise, the warrior inside will be weakened. Something roughly yeah. along those yeah, lines. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Keep, keep yourself positive and keep the world positive around you. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. So uh, this is a little bit different at the end of the show. Um, before we say our goodbyes, uh, I th- this this episode will come out a little bit after it happens, so I'm sure everybody will have some wind about it, but uh, 
you know, I still like to give a shout out in the episode. Um, sure. So we're going to have some uh, collabs going on. Um, mm-hmm. I recently hooked up and teamed up with a company that calls themselves Crypto Teaology, like Cryptozoology, but with sure. T in the middle, like T-shirts, T-E-E. Okay. So uh, if anybody wants to come and check out their stuff, they got some really awesome merch. Um, their website, exactly that, www.cryptocryptoteologi.com. Uh, they got some really awesome different cryptid designs. Um, by the time this episode comes out, uh, there should there should already be in the works or already be out, but they're going to be doing some collab designs for this show too. So uh, everybody, you know, keep your eyes and ears out for new designs and some awesome giveaways coming in the future from, you know, a really, really cool shirt designer. Cool beans, man. But yeah, figured, you know, you're the first listener. You should should be on the one where I get my first uh, <laughs> local sponsor popped on on there. Hey, happy represent up here in New York, man. Love the show. I appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, if there's any time that you'd ever love to come back on the show, man, I'd be more than happy to have you back on. This sure. has been a great conversation, and it's been an honor talking to you, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. I really do. It's, uh, it's an honor being here for sure. Love and the show a- and your content, man. It's great. Really, really appreciate that. It's an honor to be, you know, your first person that you've done a podcast with also. So yeah, sweet. Pop the cherry, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> feeling goes both ways, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Catch you later.